But with that said, we'd love to invite Andrew up. And for those who don't know Andrew Scarborough, uh, we just love this couple. We've had the privilege the last weekend of uh, just hanging out with them. He's going to slowly make his entrance. Why don't you come up here, brother? Would you welcome him as he comes? I always love hanging out with people that just love Jesus. And that's the way that I would describe these guys. They just love the Lord. They have passionate desire to serve Him. Andrew also has a, a particular calling and gifting on his life in the area of evangelism. He's recently come back. I think this is actually a Kenyan shirt, is it? So he's come back from a, a crusade in Africa. They saw nearly 100-odd thousand, 100,000, not 100, 100,000 decisions for Christ. And just hearing this weekend some of the stories of what CFAN and other people like him are doing around the world. There was a big crusade. It was Cairo, Egypt, wasn't it, that saw yep. tens of thousands of people come to the Lord in Asia, in Africa. So important, I think, for us to be encouraged. We've come through the last season, I think, at times with a very small vision. I feel like God wants to expand our vision, that He is at work. He is accomplishing his good purpose and plans all around the world in different places. So just really excited to let him loose and hear what he has on his heart to share with us. So can we pray for him? Then we'll let him go. Father, we just thank you for Andrew and for Joyce and Abby who's with us and their other children. Thank you for them as your sons and daughters whom you love dearly. We thank you also, Lord, just for the incredible things that they've seen even this year and over the last few years of you moving in, in mighty ways. And Lord, we pray that this just be the beginning, just the initial groundswell of all that you desire to do in them and through them. We just pray this morning as Andrew brings your word, Father, would you come and would you move amongst your people? We thank you for your word. May it lead us and guide us today. We uh, pray that you'd give us listening ears, not just to hear a sermon and a message, but to hear what it is your spirit is saying to us, to each and every one of us. May we be good soil that your word can go deep into and bring forth a mighty harvest for the glory of your name, King Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Go for it. Amen. Wow. It's a, it's a joy to be here. I'm just going to grab this table. I have uh, something to rest my water on. Um, Tell you what, if uh, you're new or visiting, you landed on your feet, this is the church to be in. Um, you know, my wife and I were so privileged, we're actually staying out at uh, Pastor Andrew and Alison's uh, place and just getting to know them more and their, and their kids and it's such a joy. We came up from Melbourne yesterday and uh, isn't my wife just the most beautiful human being? Um, I always say a good worship leader, you look at the worship leader and you can't help but just look to the Lord. And uh, so it's going to be wonderful when she uh, leads tonight and Alison and the team, that was beautiful this morning. Thank you so much. And it really is a joy when you feel like you have family around the world. So we're from Melbourne, um, but Vision Church is very quickly becoming like a bit of a second home. So if I look at you like, have I seen you before? It may be because I have seen you before, or it may be that I haven't seen you before, but I'm doing my best to, uh, to reconnect with people, and I think some of you have heard, uh, heard me minister here. Last time I was here, I smashed a glass jar, 
on that table. Do you remember that? That was fun for those of you who were here. Just smashed everywhere. That did not go according to plan. And um, today I come to you as the dorky missionary. So you may have noticed I have a dorky missionary outfit on. I remember growing up, going to church, uh, these missionaries would come and speak at the, at, the, at the church and I'd go, what a loser. Why is he wearing that silly outfit? And oh my goodness, he's going to tell me stories about how God's moving over in Africa. And, you know, oh. And now I'm that dorky missionary. So praise the Lord. Um, but I tell you what, God is moving around the world. If I could sit with you just for a moment, uh, I could tell you story after story after story. In Thailand, um, so I'm part of a ministry. Uh, we, we have our own charity, our own ministry, but then we partner with other ministries. One of them is called Christ for All Nations. You may be familiar with evangelist Ran Habonki. He passed it on to evangelist Daniel Kalenda. They trained me up in how to do mass gospel events, how to preach the gospel around the world. And as part of that, uh, there's already about 500 young people that they've raised up because we're, we're getting ready for this great end time harvest. And indeed, all around the world, people are getting saved in the, in the thousands, the tens of thousands. Even just last week through the Christ for All Nations uh, Evangelism Alliance, which are these young evangelists that have been young and old that have been trained up, uh, we saw over 250,000 documented decisions for Jesus. Um, Christ for All Nations doesn't... Yeah, we can get excited about that. Christ for All Nations doesn't count a decision for Jesus unless we get their contact details on a... Uh, I actually have this in my Bible. Um, on a slip like this, the local church gets contact details or, uh, and or they all have follow-up material. And so it's a beautiful ministry that we get to partner with. And I could tell you about the thousands upon thousands of people that are being saved every week in Thailand, especially in schools where every single teacher is a monk. There's idols all over the school and yet the name of Jesus is lifted up and people are getting, getting saved in these youth crusades. I could tell you about what the Lord's doing right now in Cambodia with thousands of people coming to know the Lord. And I do want to encourage you, sometimes uh, we, we are wherever we are. We're from Melbourne, maybe you're here in Canberra, maybe you're visiting, and we see what's happening on our street and we see what's happening in our city and we see what's happening on, in our church. But I encourage you, the Lord is on the move all around the world. Um, I want to show you just a, a really quick video. It's very 2022. It's filmed the wrong way because, you know, hashtag Instagram stories. But just a quick video of my last trip, which is into Kenya. And next year, we're going after 3 million documented, followed up decisions for Jesus in Kenya. We've already ordered 4 million books so that we can have follow up material for every person that makes a decision. I'm uh, weaseling my way into a meeting with the president so that we can dedicate the nation to the Lord. That's going to be fun. So pray for me. But let's just watch this, this uh, quick video. So um, took five flights to get into uh, Eldoret in Kenya. And that, that was always fun. And I took a bunch of evangelists, many Australian evangelists that had been trained up. That's our book coming in with all the follow-up material, uh, which people had donated towards... And then the team, we have Germans and Brits, and look at those kids. And some of these evangelists that I took up, we trained them up for 10 days. They'd never preached the gospel before. 
and in just two weeks they led over 10,000 young people to the Lord. 70% of decisions are made between the age of uh, 7 and 14 for Jesus. So that window is so important. So we preach the gospel all through these youth crusades, also out on the streets, in the marketplace. We saw people get healed. And uh, it was just such a privilege and honor. There's my beautiful family welcoming me back. So we did 344 youth crusades. There are 137,000 plus in attendance. We saw over 95,000 decisions for Jesus. And that was all in just uh, two weeks and one day because then they closed the schools because of the elections. I'm telling you, the harvest is ripe. The harvest is ripe. And God is on the move. Those numbers can feel like uh, almost, uh, yeah, right. You know what I mean? And being Aussies, we have this thing called the tall poppy syndrome. So we go, huh, well, I wonder how many of them were genuine. What about the, what about the follow-up? Where are they now? You know, we kind of like, oh, it can't be real. They're just kids, you know. But I'd encourage you to celebrate what the Lord's doing around the world um, because God is on the move. And on our last, um, on our last day in Kenya... I spoke with a gentleman, he's a pastor now. He does work in the prisons and in the universities. And I said, how did you meet the Lord? And he said, a foreign missionary came to my school and preached the gospel. And so 30, 40 years on, he now is preaching the gospel in the prisons, in the universities. So I just wanted to say, uh, if you can, please pray for my wife and I. We're constantly going either locally or globally. Um, I'll be training up evangelists in Sydney later this month, but also over in the US. And then in November, I'll be in Southeast Asia, and we're going to be, uh, we'll see many, many people come to know the Lord over a two week trip there. And then uh, raising up evangelists in the UK. Then we head to Kenya. So there's a lot going on, and we really need your prayers, and uh, we, we really covet that. Just going to bring up a QR code here that has also our website. If you take a photo of that, or you put, you don't actually take a photo, you just put your camera up to it. We all know QR codes now. Thank you, COVID. Um, then that'll actually take you to our website and you can put your contact details in. We'd love to keep in touch with you and share. I, I try to share as many stories as I can uh, through our emails to really encourage you that you too can share your faith. I love that there's evangelism training coming up here. I'd encourage you to go. Uh, you know, 3% of Christians, this is the research in the US anyway, um, we're not great at research in Australia, but we're getting there. Um, 3% of Christians, um, full stop, lead someone to the Lord in their lifetime. 3%. So I think we can probably up that a little bit. <laughs> given that Jesus didn't, when it came to the Great Commission, he didn't say, therefore go into all the world and make disciples, except for you, you're in business, you don't need to share your faith because you're an introvert, you're a little too young and you're a little too old. In fact, you've got a call of evangelism, you get to share your faith, everyone else, I'll just have a chat. So go into all the world and make disciples, you know. No, he addressed everyone that was gathered of all backgrounds and said, come on. I need you to continue the mission that I started. So I'm really excited about what the Lord's doing around the world and I wanted to thank you so much for having us here today. Please do pray for us. I put my watch there because I realised my intro was a little long. 
Hallelujah. So, Father, I just ask right now that you would speak to us. We, I ask, Lord God, that your word would burn in us and that we would really hear from heaven this morning. We love you, God. We worship you, God. We thank you for all that you're doing around the world, but also for what you're doing in Canberra, for what you're doing through Vision Church and the, and the members here in their workplaces, in their streets, in their communities, in their families. I thank you, Lord God, that your kingdom is advancing. And I thank you, God, that you want to meet with us tonight, today so I, and tonight at Revive Night. Hallelujah. So I pray in Jesus' mighty name that you would speak to us today. Amen, amen. Well, you know, uh, you might, you, you didn't quite see me as much on that video, but you might tell by my, my smile and my uh, willingness to put on this dorky outfit, um, which is actually a really nice outfit. I like it. I actually wake up when I put my African outfits on, I go, man, we should wear clothes like these in Australia. But... Um, that I just love the Lord and I love the lost and I, I feel so much joy and really in this season in my life I feel so much favour as well. You know, growing up I would always ask, I would pray, I would plead with the Lord. Actually I was just in, in uh, Pensacola in Florida and I went up to uh, evangelist Daniel Kalender who's becoming a, a friend of mine and he's a beautiful man and I gave him a massive hug and I just, we had a cr- bit of a cry together and I just said, thank you so much for the way you pour, you've poured into me. Because growing up, I would just pray, Lord, let me just lead one person to you. If just one person came to know Jesus because of my life, my life would have been worth something. And since uh, working with Christ for All Nations now, seeing well over 100,000 documented decisions for Jesus, I just go, wow, praise the Lord. And I feel the favour of God. Invitations coming in and and opportunities and raising up evangelists and seeing even right now there's young people in Orlando, Florida getting trained up to be evangelists. And I think, wow, I looked them in the eye and I said, you can do this. And now they're doing it. And I go, wow, what a privilege, what an honour. I feel the favour of God, but I want to tell you that I haven't always felt the favour of God. I haven't always felt like I'm running, you know, that... Dun, 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 dun. I'm like, did you ever watch, did you watch the Mr Bean version of that, you know, during the, the Olympics in London? I'm like, I, you know, I, I wanted to be sprinting out, but I was more like Mr Bean tripping over. And We've had some crazy wilderness seasons in our life. And today, really, the title of my message is Run Your Race With Fire. And we are running this race called life. But so often we feel like we're tripping over. So often we feel like we've been benched. So often it can feel like, oh, I'm meant to be running a race, but I'm not actually doing too well. I'm actually limping across the track. And uh, we have these seasons of valleys and then we have these mountaintop seasons. And sometimes I think the race of life looks more like cross country than, you know, one of those round the track ones. It's more like up and down and and all around and, oh, I tripped over there. You know, um, it was quite funny. Uh, 
my wife and I in the last year, just, I don't really understand how this works, but we would have had well over 100000 maybe even $200,000 come to our ministry. We spent all of it on, on, on ministry, so it's not like we, we kept it for ourselves. But it's all gone into raising up other evangelists. We give away a lot of money to raise up other evangelists. And I was thinking about this, I was like, wow, this is crazy. The favour of the Lord to, that, he would, that he would give us that fuel that we could actually go out into the nations. And I thought about uh, last night we were sitting at, at Pastor Andrew and Allison's house and we were watching worship. I find myself getting emotional and you'll, you'll hear why in a minute. We were watching worship um, from the Anaheim, uh, the Anaheim uh, Vineyard Church that's now called Dwelling Place, I think. And it was in the parking lot behind that church that my wife and I used to line up to get our food bank uh, meals uh, with the homeless people and um, the people experiencing homelessness. Because we were missionaries, missionaries in America and we had no money whatsoever. And mind you, a couple of weeks ago we were back in that place and then the Lord came through again because he's so faithful. And even when we were in America and we had no money, he was faithful because we had a food bank, praise the Lord. But I share, I share this to say sometimes we think it's all, oh, wow, look at, look at the big evangelist, you know, he must be just flying around the world. And, you know, and there's moments where you go, I can't do this. I was sharing with uh, Pastor Andrew just last night that it would have been a week ago we stood, I stood in our living room and I said, I don't know if I can keep doing this whole evangelist thing. We had no money. I mean no money. When you've got three kids and you're planning, you know, gospel events and you're flying and you're this and you're that, it's stressful at times. Does anyone know what I mean? Where you feel like you're running this race, but it's like sometimes you're like, I don't even know if I want to take another step. And whether it's finance, whether it's health, whether it's the, the challenges of life, we can feel like, I just can't keep going. And I wanted to encourage you that the Lord is with you, that the Lord is for you, that he's with you in this race, that he sees you, that he cares about you, that he knows you, that all of heaven, indeed, all of heaven is cheering you on. And wilderness seasons are never wasted. I remember when we were, um, someone asked me recently, how can you believe God for the finance to do these gospel events that you do? Because they cost like tens of thousands of dollars. How can you believe God for the finance for that? I said, well, when we were in California and we had no money, I remember one time we were standing in our living room and we'd, we'd completely run out of money. We knew there was a donation coming in on Friday, but it was a, it, sorry, on Monday, but it was a Friday. We had no money, and our son loved to drink milk. And he was uh, about eight, nine months old. And I, we stood in our, in our living room. We're fine with two-minute noodles or whatever, right? But we sit, stood in the lounge room, and we held hands, and we said, Lord, we're not, we, we are asking you for milk. We don't have the money, we, but our son needs milk. 
and we're asking you for milk. And literally as we prayed, as God is my witness, the neighbours, hey, how you doing? Um, we've got all this milk. We're going to Texas for the weekend and it's going to go bad. Would you guys like it? And my wife and I go, yeah, yeah, we, we would. Like mid-prayer, Lord, would you give us some milk? And what I've learned is when you can believe in the goodness of God for milk, you can believe in the goodness of God to move mountains as well. So I can go after the masses because he was faithful with the milk. If he ordered it, he's going to pay for it. And I want to encourage you that your wilderness seasons are never wasted. I grew like spiritual muscle during those seasons. When we, were, when we felt like we had nothing, and even at times now when we go, oh Lord, how are we going to do this? I remember the goodness of God, that he's with me, that he's for me. You see, it says in Isaiah 42, 1, uh, which is looking forward to the Lord. It's a, it's a, it's a prophecy here. Um, of Jesus, it says this, Behold my servant whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. Do you know John 20, 21 says, As he is, so are we in this world. That, that as the Father sent, sorry, might be getting my scriptures wrong. Let me let me let me bring that up. I do so much preaching that uh, let's see. I don't want to misquote myself. Yes, sorry. John, it does say in First John, as he is, so are we in this world. But John twenty uh, twenty one says, Jesus said to them, "Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I'm sending you." As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And before Jesus was ever on the scene, it was prophesied that he would be the Lord's servant, that the Lord would uphold him, that he'd be chosen, and that the delight of God would be on him, that God's Spirit would be on him. And I want to encourage you that God doesn't send you into this race of life without upholding you. He doesn't send you into this race of life without giving you his spirit, without his delight over you. You are strengthened by the Lord himself. The spirit of God is on you as it was on him and the delight of heaven is on you. I don't know if anyone needs to hear this right now, but I know when I have moments of wilderness, when I have moments of this is not going according to plan. I need to grab the promises of God. I need to grab what the Word of God says about me and what the Word of God says about Jesus. Because that is who I'm being transformed into. I, Jesus is my standard and Jesus is my mirror for who I have been created to be as a new creation. Now, I'm not saying I'm the son of God who takes away the sins of the world. That would be blasphemous and you would call me a cult leader. 
But I am saying, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. We need to lay aside the old, grab the new and run with the promises of God in our lives. It says in Hebrews chapter 12, if you've got your Bibles, you can turn there. Hebrews chapter 12, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to... Okay, if you've got your Bibles, it's Jesus, okay? And if you went to Sunday school, it's Jesus. Like, the answer is always Jesus. We'll try again. Looking to... The founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him... That's you and I, by the way. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Friend, I want to encourage you to run this race looking to Jesus, throwing off all of the weight and all of the sin that would slow you down, that would entangle you. I've got a few props here. I hope you don't mind. It's quite the costume change day today. We're going to have a bit of fun. And uh, I know I've got the dad bod and all that, but uh, you wouldn't believe it. I actually like going for a run uh, every now and then. So not as much as, I'm, you know. I'm more of a walker these days, I'm just going to be honest. Um, often when I'm, when I'm travelling and, and ministering, the first thing I do in the morning is get up and go for a walk. Uh, but every now and then I'll go for a run. I was in Hawaii recently and uh, behind my hotel there was a volcano and I thought, that's pretty cool, I'm going to climb that. The only thing is I only had like a few hours of a layover, it was like maybe 18 hours and so I had to be back at the airport at 10am. Um, the other thing is out the front of my hotel was a beach and I like surfing so I thought, okay, I've got to climb the volcano in the morning and I've got to get a surf in because I'm in Hawaii and then I've got to get back to the airport by 10 o'clock. So if I'm up at 5, it takes, you know, you know, some of the websites said it would take me, you know, maybe two hours, but I thought I could do it in one. And so I get up the volcano and, and then come back down and then uh, eventually I grab my hire a surfboard, catch a wave, come in, grab my bags, get in the taxi and get to the airport. This is going to be great. I thought it was a great plan. And uh, so I set off in the morning. It was a bit chilly. So I put my jacket on. I was like, all right, I'm going to climb to the top of the volcano. A lot of the websites recommended taking a taxi, but I thought I could run it. It's fine. So got up in the morning. I think I grabbed a coffee uh, on my way down. I did actually. So I grabbed my coffee and I started just briskly walking towards the volcano and um, checked the time. I went, oh, it's going to be tight. How am I going to get that wave in? And so as I'm going, I'm going to have to pick up the pace because I realised time was running out. 
When you realise time is running out, you realise you've got to pick up the pace a little bit. And so I... I don't know if it's sin. I mean, maybe too many of them is sin. But it's not helpful. So I probably should put that one down. And... uh, and then I was able to just move a little bit more because it's a bit awkward when you're doing this one, you know. Oh, you know. So I pop that one down and I'm, oh man, I'm, I'm going to run out of time. I'm going to run out of time. And then I realised I had this j- big jacket on and it was, that was slowing me down as well. And it was kind of like, oh, I can't really move. And so I had to take that one off. I said, I'll get that one later. Pop that under a tree and keep running. And I threw off all the things that would slow me down. Made it to the top, got a selfie, hashtag 2022. And then got back to the hotel, got the surf in, made it to the airport. I was a salty, wet mess. But it uh, it was worth it. And I want to encourage you, friends, this morning. Time is running out. The harvest is ripe. I could show you either just down the street or across the globe the tens, hundreds, thousands, millions, billions of people that need the Lord. And God has a call on our lives to be salt, to be light, to share the love and the hope of Jesus. Regardless, you know, not everyone's going to be an evangelist, but some of us, we've got, we've got a genuine call on our life to make a difference in this world. Yet we're so caught up with the things of the world that we can't make a difference in the world. And... Sometimes it's not even sin, it's just not helpful. We've got to let go of the things that would hinder the call of God on our lives. You might say, well, this is a grand thing, the call of God on my life. Sometimes the call of God on your life is just to talk to your neighbour. Like that's today's call. And, and to forgive someone and to turn to someone and, and ask for some help. Yeah, there's grand calls, absolutely. And I actually, this morning prior to the service, I was walking in the cafe and I felt the Lord saying there's even people that are going to be called to missions, to the foreign mission field, even an Aussie mission field today, that the Lord's going to burn something in your heart. There's a grand call, but sometimes there's just, Lord, what do you want me to do today? And we're so busy. My son had a right roll go at me recently, and he said, he's nine, he says, Dad, we just went through the McDonald's drive-thru, and you didn't say to the lady serving us, Jesus loves you. You know what's wrong with you these days, Dad? You're so busy getting caught up with all the things you have to get done that you're neglecting the most important thing, which is sharing the love of Jesus. Why didn't you share the love of Jesus with the girl? I'm like... We were at a cafe yesterday and there was a young guy and I thought to myself, 
I should share my faith with him. He walked past the cafe once, he walked past it twice, and I didn't. And I was just, it ate me up all afternoon. I was like, oh, and I'm trying to engage in conversation, but in, in my head I'm going, why didn't, I, why didn't I just ask Andrew to stop the car and I could have just jumped out and I could have just shared with him. Yet I was talking with a friend uh, two, maybe, maybe two or three days ago in his 70s and we'd witnessed to a guy, two people at the restaurant while we were out for dinner, and he said, I've never seen anything like this. Do you do this normally? Is this, is this standard for you? The guy's 70 years old, grew up in the church. He said he's never seen anyone share their faith ever. He's sitting down having dinner with me thinking I'm a freak of nature for going up to someone and saying, I'm, I'm sorry to, to interrupt but I just want you to know that Jesus loves you so much. And she starts crying at the front of the restaurant. And then Lazarus, the Greek, uh, the Greek Lazarus, the Greek uh, waiter. Lazarus, do you need prayer for anything? No, first he says, I'm Lazarus. I said, you've got to be joking. I said, you have got to know the Lord with a name like that. He said, mate, I haven't been to church in 10 years. I said, don't you worry about it, mate. The church has come to you tonight. By the end of the night, he's taking us outside so that we can lay hands on him and pray for him. And come on, I like this. We can actually get excited about, about the Lord's mission. I don't, I don't know about you, but I wasn't put on this earth just to make money and, and have a nice life and, and die. And I don't think you were either. I do think making money can be wonderful for the kingdom. You can really see things advance. Um, but I just wonder whether, like on Schindler's List, you've seen that movie at the very end, he looks at his ring made of gold and he says, I could have saved one more from the Holocaust. Oh, my watch could have, I could have purchased several more. And yet we, we, even our finances sometimes can get so wrapped up in the things of the world, so tied up in all these material things that we go, I don't even have any money to advance the kingdom. Or our time, we're like so focused, so busy, that we're like, look, I would share my faith, but I've got sport, I've got, um, got to watch that Netflix series, I've got the, the football on tonight, I've got to get my hair cut, I've got to mow the lawns. I mean, how could I have time for eternal things? Don't worry, I'm, I'm looking at myself today as well, just so you know. Reinhard Bonnke would say the evangelist's job is to comfort the disturbed and disturb the comfortable. So my sincere apologies. So how do, we, um, how do we throw off the stuff that would so easily entangle us? Or as it says here, how would we lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely? I'd like to suggest three things. Number one, ask the Lord, as it says in Psalm 139, verse 22, 23. Ask the Lord to search your heart. Come before the Lord and say, search me, O Lord, and know me. See if there's any wicked way within me. Is there anything that I've partnered with that doesn't line up with my new creation identity? If it can't be said about Jesus, it shouldn't be said about me. Someone once said this to me, Andrew, you're a lustful young man. 
Lust is a part of being a man. You're just going to have to manage it. A well-believing Christian. And for years I struggled with lust. I struggled with pornography. You know, I was constantly trying to work out how do I bounce my eyes and how do I manage my, my lust and all of this. And then I realised, as he is, so, so am I in this world, as it says in 1 John. And I realised that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And I realised if Jesus doesn't have a lust problem, I don't need to have a lust problem because greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. That I said it before, therefore, if anyone is in Christ... If you're not yet in Christ, get in Christ. Today's a good day to make Jesus your Lord and Saviour. But if you are in Christ, you are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Another well-meaning Christian friend of mine said, well, well, it more means the old is going and the new is coming. I didn't read it like that. said the old is gone, the new has come. So anything that doesn't line up with who he's created me to be as a new creation... Is a, for, is a counterfeit that I have partnered with that I just need to let go of. It's clinging to me and I need to let go of it. It's the old self. I don't, I don't like walking around with a corpse on my back. That, that one got paid for, that one's dead, and I'm done with it. I want to run. I want to run for the things of the Lord. And I think there might be a few people in the room with me. So number one, ask the Lord to search you. Number two, accept the pruning of the Lord. You know, it says later on in Hebrews 12, it says, it is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? I just feel the love of the Lord for you this morning. When I think about sonship, What I wouldn't do for my son, Sean, or for my son, Evan, or for my daughter, Abigail. And oh, if you're a parent in the room, you know what it's like. You're like, please don't steal that candy, that lolly. Because you're you're thinking, I need to teach you now so that later when the stakes are higher, you don't go and steal stuff and end up in jail. Please don't overindulge in that thing because I don't want you to you know, end up overindulging in alcohol when you're older or overindulging in drugs. You know, the, the heart of the Lord is I'm trying to discipline you because I want you to run. I want you to represent me on the earth. I need you to carry on the mission. And you've got to get rid of those things. Except the printing of the Lord. I have a saying, if in doubt, cast it out. <laughs> If you think there's some sort of demonic stronghold in your life, cast it out in Jesus' name. Get rid of it. And run in your sonship. Run in your sonship. You don't run to become a son. You run because you are a son. Now the girls are going, what about daughters? You know, I'm the bride of Christ. You're a son of God. Let's work that out later. Okay? But you are adopted in. I'm out of time. Um, I'll just say this. I'll, I'll paraphrase. The demoniac 
in the Galilean demoniac that went to the Decapolis, if you're familiar with the story. It's in Mark chapter 5. You can look it up later. God used him significantly once he got set free of the demons that were in his life. God used him significantly as a missionary to 10 towns, one of which became a refuge to Christians when Jerusalem was attacked by the Romans. God has a significant call on your life. But if you hang on to the things of the enemy or the things of the world or the things of the flesh, it will slow you down. And I'm telling you, today is the day to stand up and run after the things of God. I might just ask you to stand as I share this last, uh, last story. If you can stand. A friend of mine, Vern, he's a firefighter in the US. We were talking one day and he said, can I tell you the craziest story that I've ever, uh, ever been a part of, the craziest kind of fire and rescue mission and all this? I said, Vern, tell me. Does anyone want to hear? It's like this guy had been a firefighter for decades and, and I said, what's the, you know, the, what's the kicker story? He says, well, one day there was a house burning down and I got to the house. And they said, there's still people inside. So without thinking, I ran into the house. And I ran to the top story where they said the family was. The problem is the stairs behind me collapsed. The fire was so intense, we were now trapped. And I was in the burning building with this family. And I've got, it's my job to rescue them. So Vern's crouched down with this family and he says, Lord, help me. Help me, I've got to rescue this family. And he feels the Lord say, run to the light. Look up, find the light and run. So he, he looks up and just in the distance, see the door over there? It was as if he just saw light coming through. He turned to the family with him. He said, trust me. Follow me. Run. And he got up and he ran. And as he ran across through the hallway of this second story, he smashed his body through the window, smashed it through and landed on the ground. And one by one, the family jumped out the window following his lead, and every person lived. And I want to encourage you right now, there is a world in trouble. Let's not play around anymore. There is a world in trouble. There are young people cutting themselves. There are older people killing themselves, shooting themselves on their farms. We're in a world full of trouble. And God has put within you the fire of the Holy Spirit. He's put within you hope. He's put within you the very message of the cross. And if you would turn to those around you and say, follow me, run to the light. Follow me, run to the light. You would smash through the obstacles. 
you would smash through the barriers and you would find yourself standing in eternity, looking behind you at the people that had been saved because you decided to run instead of stay where you were. And I believe there's at least three people here today, three young people in particular, that the Lord is actually calling you to foreign missions. If you're here right now, I just believe the Lord's going to start working in people's hearts. And there's a new level of surrender that is going to sweep over this place, saying, Lord, here am I, send me. I want to say this, a marathon runner does not win the medal at the end of the marathon. No, they win, they win the medal because daily they surrender and they say, I'm going to train. They, they win tiny bit by tiny bit of the medal every day when they say, I'm going to train. And then when they finish the finish line, they see it in completion. Does that make sense? So right now, if you need to do business with the Lord, if there's a call of God on your life to go out there and to preach the gospel, to share your faith, it, maybe there's things that are even entangling you today and you know you need to let go of them, I want to invite you to come forward right now. There's room at the altar. I want to encourage you to do business with the Lord. You might say, oh, this is a little bit uncomfortable. I tell you what, we've got to get uncomfortable. We've got to get uncomfortable. I remember calling a friend and saying, I'm just not doing okay and I need you to pray with me. Friend, if, if you know right now that the Lord is doing a work on your heart and he's saying, I want you to surrender afresh to me today, I invite you to come right now. Just come. This is a call to those that you just know that you need to you need to lay it all on the altar again. You need to throw some stuff off. And it's a, it's a sign of obedience. Come on. Bless the Lord. It's a sign of obedience. It's a, it's a sign of surrender. I don't get any gain for you coming forward. But heaven gains a son, a daughter that says, Here I am, Father. Here I am. And Father God, I'm going to begin to pray. And as I pray, if you need to do business with the Lord, just come forward right now. And especially those three people that feel a, a real call of God to missions. Can I just see your hand if, you feel, if you've got that burning desire to, for overseas missions in particular? Awesome. Who else? Are there others? Someone else saying Northern Territory in Australia here. Awesome. Awesome. At least three people. But if you, if you know that you need to do business with God, I'm going to pray and you come. And we're going to spend some time worshipping. Some of the team will come around, just lay hands on you, bless you, pray for you. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I bless my brothers and sisters. I bless Vision Church. I thank you, Lord God, that you've got a call of God on this church. That they are a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. That they will see many, 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 many come to know you. That there will be revival within the church walls and outside the church walls that many, many, many will come to faith through this house. I thank you, Lord God, for the call that you've got on this place. And I pray right now for every brother and sister that's coming forward, that's saying, Lord, I need a fresh touch. Lord, I'm surrendering afresh. I want to run. 
I don't want to limp. I don't want to slow down. I want to run. I ask in the name of Jesus that you would just bless your sons and daughters in Jesus' mighty name. Pour out your spirit afresh today in Jesus' name.